Thank you, Coach. So, guys, good to see everybody. Well, first of all, I want to thank the commissioner for the job that he and his office did last year. What a tremendous job of communicating with us, sometimes on a daily basis, and doing a great job of getting us through the season. What a tremendous job I thought that he did personally. Uh, we're very proud here to be here at SEC Media Day and representing the LSU Tigers. I brought two great guys today to represent us, Derek Stanley and Austin Deckless. We could have brought 10. We have a lot of guys coming back from our football team that are tremendous leaders. Derek's one of the top corners in America, one of the top players coming back, has become a tremendous leader for us. Austin Deckless is going to break the record for most games played by any LSU football player this year. But he was instrumental in getting our whole offensive line to come back. I could have brought a whole offensive line back here. They're a tremendous group of young men. Obviously, we're excited about this season. Uh, we got a lot of guys returning. We had an experienced team. We have a very good team, a very good coaching staff coming back. And uh, I love the mindset of this football team and the leadership of the football team. A couple of things with offense. We brought back Jake Peets and DJ Mangus to run Joe Brady's offense in 2019, one of the most prolific offenses in the history of football, and uh, that's what we're going to. And I think those guys are going to do a tremendous job. I'm also excited about the question of Brad Davis in the summer, uh, one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, along with Kevin Falk and Mickey Joseph. Those guys are going to do a tremendous job for us. Obviously, on offense, we got a, we got a battle with quarterback. I think it's healthy for our football team. I believe in both quarterbacks. Miles Brennan and Max Jones, I think, are two championship quarterbacks. Whoever wins is going to do a great job at LSU. It's going to be a great battle. We're going to see what happens. We have offensive line coming back. Tyron Davis and John Emery. It's time. Tyron's in the best shape he's been. Keyshawn Butte coming in with some tremendous young wide receivers. Uh, we have a great offense coming back. I can't wait to see those guys play. On defense, I was very excited to be able to, to hire Durante Jones. He's an expert. On the back end comes from Mike Zimmer's system, one of the best cover guys in all of the world, along with Andre and along with Blake. I think those guys are going to do a great job with Corey Raymond on defense. We're excited to go to the 4-3 defense. Got our defensive line coming back. Got two of the best corners in America, and Derek and Eli Ricks. Got some young safeties, one of the top safeties in the country, two top safeties in recruiting. Got two tremendous young linebackers. Uh, that we uh, acquired through the transfer portal. And we're excited about that. We're excited about Kate York coming back, Avery Atkins on special teams. So I know you guys got a lot of questions, but uh, I just want to give you a little preview of our football team. And uh, any questions? All right. Thank you, Coach. If you have a question, raise your hand. Uh, Savannah, Riley, and AJ will get a microphone to you. We ask that you uh, please stand and give your name and affiliation. So we'll go ahead and start up here on the front row uh, to the left with Bob. Hey, hey, Ed, uh, Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat. Is that how you do it? I know you made a lot of changes with your coaching staff. How do you, why'd you pick the guys you did? How do you feel they're fitting in? And Brad Davis yeah. in particular from Arkansas, yeah. why, why'd you zero in on him? And what, what's he bring to you guys? Well, first of all, great to see you, Bob. Um, you know, Brad Davis is a guy from Baton Rouge, a tremendous recruiter, known for him a while, up and coming offensive line coach. You always have a group of coaches on a list. In case something happens, something did happen, he became available, we're very happy to have him. He's happy to be home with Baton Rouge. You know, one of the things that, and I talked about this before, our coaches didn't know this, but when I was interviewing them, I was pretending I was one of our players. 
and I wanted to see how well they would communicate to our players. Because, you know, coaches are going to know a lot of football, but it's how much that they can get to our players and how much our players will know. And every one of these coaches, they were 20 years, average 20 years younger than the coaches I had on the staff. Every one of these coaches made an A-plus in communication with our players. Okay, we'll go over here on the left-hand side on the right out. Hello, Ed. David Kloniker from the Charleston Post and Courier. About what percentage of your team has been vaccinated for COVID? Uh, you know, I can't tell you that. I think most of our guys have been vaccinated for COVID. And uh, obviously that's a personal choice. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully towards the season that most of our guys decide to get vaccinated. Okay, we'll go right here on the second row, Ron. Yeah, Ron Higgins, TigerRagMagazine.com. Ed, how would you describe the past 12 months for you and your program is in the tough season and then all the off the field stuff seemed like the, the hits just kept on coming yeah. and you could like, there was one crisis after another. Can yeah. you just describe how do you, how do you got through that and how do you continue to get through it? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you come up from the 2019 season, you're feeling good. Uh, you had a great season and all of a sudden stuff hits, but you know, that's life. You got to be prepared. I think that some of the stuff we were prepared for some of the stuff we were, but we stuck together. As an administrative staff, as a staff, we fought through it. I think it shows that when you go to Florida, you're 27-point underdog, your back's against the wall, you got a freshman quarterback, you beat them in the swamp, you beat a great Ole Miss team, I think it was an outstanding team that Lane had, and then you have the number three recruiting class, and then you have 19 of your 22 starters decide to come back. So that says something's going on in the locker room, something's going on, our players are believing each other. I think all those things at the end, we ended up being an ascending program. Coach, we'll go right down in front of us, second row. Hey, Coach. Uh, Joey Blackwell, FamousCentral.com. Uh, what are your feelings? Uh, what is your approach to NIL um, and its implementation at LSU? And have you talked to your players about it? And how do you yeah. feel about its impact across the landscape of college yeah. football? Yeah, first of all, I'm for it. You know, whatever we can give to our players legally, I think they deserve it. Uh, you know, we hired an outside firm to give us some advice on how to handle this stuff. You know, a lot of our guys have, have taken, taken the business on their own and done a very good job. I just know this, that, you know, a lot of players, I think they're going to get a lot of stuff. Obviously, in the real world, it's not like that. You got to go out and compete. But I do hope that when we get to the locker room, the focus is on football. And I think that's where we got to bring the focus back. When, when it's time to focus on NIL stuff, focus on NIL stuff. When it's time to focus on football and academics, fo focus on football and academics. And that's what I'm going to talk about. Coach, we're going to go over to our left section, about four rows back. Michael Katz, uh, Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Ed, obviously you have a history with Lane Kiffin from your time at USC. Uh, you also have a history with Ole Miss. Uh, I'm curious, when he was in the process of, of taking that job, did, did he reach out to you and, and what sorts of you know, information did you give yeah. to him? And on a, a sort of similar note, you know, obviously we yeah. see Lane from afar. Yeah. I'm curious what he's like you know, when the cameras aren't around. What yeah. is he kind of like in – as, as just a regular guy? Yeah. First of all, I think Lane's one of the best offensive minds I've ever been around. Uh, known as that the first day. Uh, Lane's a friend of mine. He's a great recruiter. He's a great competitor. Uh, I think he's doing a great job at Ole Miss. He did not call me. Uh, I think his offenses are hard to stop. I studied his offenses against other teams. He riddled other teams. Uh, he's, he's, he's probably the best game day caller I've been around. And I think that Ole Miss got them a great coach. Coach, we're going to go all the way to the back and the right. 
Lance Dahl here with the Auburn Network. You're talking about Durante Jones and how he's going to be able to help your defensive backfield. Schematically, what are some of the things that y'all are going to improve on in order to get your defensive backfield yeah. better prepared this season? I know y'all yeah. have got the talent for sure. Yeah. You know, we have to eliminate explosive plays. We had too many explosive plays, too many missed assignments, uh, too many busts, too many receivers running down the field free. You know, and, you know, we played a lot of man, a lot of combination man, stuff like that. Some of it was simple. Some of it was too complicated. We're going to simplify stuff. We want our players to have their cleats in the grass. We're going to play a lot more zone. They're not, they won't be switching off at this level, switching off on that level. We're going to let our guys play, keep the ball in front of us, and make plays. Coach will go right down in front of me, about three rows back. Tom Abraham, 97.7 ESPN. Coach, after a 10-game SEC schedule last year, any thoughts that you have about expanding the schedule to nine yeah. or maybe even ten in the future? Yeah, you know, if they do it, I'm for it. I thought it was great. You know, I, you know, I'm excited to go play UCLA. I'm excited to go across the country and take the Tigers to Los Angeles. I'm excited to play my, my son. So, you know, both of us have some advantages. You know, one thing is a coach, I don't worry about that stuff because that's how my wheelhouse. If I have a vote, I'll vote. But whatever they tell me to play, I'm going to play. All right, we'll stay on this uh, middle section on the left aisle. Coach Ogeron, Drew Yarman, ESPN 97.7 The Zone Radio in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, talk about Neil Farrell on your defensive line. He came back last year. He opted out, came back to the, to the youth team. He stayed to can come back, came back this year. One of those guys you're talking about. What are your expectations for him, and what kind of impact yeah. is Andre Carter going to have with him? Yeah, first of all, I'm so proud of Neil Farrell. I saw him down the hallway yesterday. I found out he just graduated from LSU. And I'm so happy for him and his mom and daddy. He's a great young man. He came back. Uh, you know, Neil makes a lot of plays. If you look at the stats last year, uh, he's one of our most active defensive linemen. He came back, uh, got in great shape. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year for us. Um, we're going to use a rotating defensive line. We have some young defensive linemen that are phenomenal. And uh, probably the best recruiting class that we had on the defensive line coming in. Andre Carter is a force. He's a great young man. You think about this, he had 80 and a half sacks. His daddy was Ruben Carter. He comes from great family, great stock. He's a great teacher, he's a great mentor, a great recruiter. Uh, I just hope I can keep him around for a while. He, he is, he's that good of a football coach. Okay, we're going to go right in the center section, right in front of you, Coach, about midway back. Hey, Coach, Billy Embody with 24-7 Sports. The 2022 class in Louisiana is especially uh, stacked. Can you speak to the job you guys are doing recruiting yeah. the state, and do you notice it being even more competitive this year than yeah. maybe in other years? Yeah, well, it's very competitive. It always is, but, you know, obviously we have to start in the state. We're doing very well right now. We have a, we have a big jump, and the guys that are committed in our class have become leaders and become recruiters and are recruiting the other guys in the state of Louisiana. Uh, we expect some good news coming up soon. Uh, we're going to be in some battles to the very end to some of the top players. But I do expect us to get most of these players. I'm not saying we're going to get all of them. I do expect us to get most. Coach, we'll go over to our right side and about mid three-quarters of the way back. Ed, this is uh, Pete Thamel from, uh, from Yahoo Sports back here. Uh, in the past few months, Ed, LSU as a school, the athletic department, and you personally have been linked to some serious sexual misconduct allegations. I know there's obviously some active lawsuits. and I'm not as much asking you to comment on that specifically as curious if the past few months – 
you've had any takeaways in terms of change behaviors and how you're going to maybe act differently as a coach in handling such situations in the future? Yeah, you know, that's something I'm not going to comment on at all. That's an ongoing uh, investigation. I'm not going to comment on any of that. Thanks for asking, though. Okay, we'll go in the center section uh, straight ahead of us. Hey, John Del Bianco with TheBigSport.com and 24-7 Sports. Your first head coaching job was here in the SEC at Ole Miss. Shane Beamer is now a first-time head coach in the SEC at South Carolina. I'm just curious if you know him personally and what advice you would give him as he begins his head coaching tenure in the SEC. Yeah, you know, I, I know him a little bit. I just saw him, I saw him at the airport. Uh, they said, Coach, South Carolina was here early. I said, yeah, it's his first job. Good. <laughs> I'm excited for him. I think he's going to do a great job. I think, you know, when I was at, uh, when I was at Knoxville, I thought that uh, – you know, in the Knoxville area, you go to South Carolina, there's a tremendous amount of talent in South Carolina and North Carolina. I think that he's going to do a tremendous job. He's a great coach. I wish him the very best. Okay, we'll go to the back on the left. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Jacques Doucet, WAFB in Baton Rouge. Um, you talked about the new coaches. What we're hearing is the chemistry really is good between the new coaches and the players, and nothing against last year's coaches, but the chemistry seemed to be off last year. Um, can you speak a little bit more to that, how these coaches are adapting to the players? Well, I'm glad they're saying that, Jock. That's the reason That's the reason I hired those guys. And I did my research. I called people that knew them. I wanted to know how they interacted with the players. I called some of the ex-players that they coached. I said, tell me how he is on a daily basis. You know, everybody can be one way in an interview, but I want to know how they're going to be every day. And uh, I did my research on these guys, and they matched everything that the ex-players told me, the ex-coaches told me, and the knowledge that they have. The one thing that I'm very impressed with that I didn't really, because they're young coaches, they've never been coordinators, their ability to lead. I think they're tremendous leaders. They're in the office early in the morning. They're very well organized. And sometimes when it's your first time, you know, you don't know how, how well organized that you have to be or the work that you have to put in. These guys have graded A-plus in that area. We'll go down here to the right, Scooter. Uh, Scooter Hobbs, Lake Charles, American Press. With the NIL and the transfer portal, you obviously have to manage your roster a little bit with the latter. Mm -hmm. But with both of those, is there also, do you have to manage team chemistry? Like if one guy gets a big NIL deal, others getting jealous of him, yeah. things like that. Do you, no do you worry Scooter. about that? I think that's one of the biggest things to manage nowadays. And, again, you know, I'm going to turn 60 this summer. Hey, football's changing. I'm going to change with it. I want to coach for a long time. But that's what I have to do. That's what I have to do. I think that, you know, that we have to realize the guys that are getting the NILs, getting the amount of money, and make sure that we're managing guys that may not get the job, talk to them, make sure that that does not bother them. That's why, you know, we have about 50 people helping us. Not, not, not 50 people that can coach on the field, but for, for player services, for, for guiding people uh, through academics. That's why we need all this help. Coach, we'll go over here to the left middle section. No, up in the middle first. Go ahead. All right. Cecil, go ahead if you've got it. There we go. Uh, Coach, you, you mentioned going back to the to the um, offense from two years ago, the Joey Burrow offense, are, are the two quarterback candidates that you have, or there may be more than two, but are the quarterbacks you have, are they 
equally adroit at running that, or, or how has that worked out in practice? Well, you know, I don't know if we're going to see another Joe Burrow. I hope we do. I can't wait to see him. And I hope Max, Miles, or Garrett Nussmeier becomes like that. But the, the type of offense that we're going to run, uh, the style of offense in 2019, the type of checks that we had, the type of protections, that's the stuff I'm talking about now. Whether or not Max, Miles, or Garrett can run it like Joe, I'm not expecting that. But I want to see the same type of plays. I want to see the same type of adjustments that were so successful for us. Now, that doesn't mean that's the only thing we're going to run. But that is going to be the basis of our offense, which is a spread offense, which we learned under Joe Birdie. Okay, we'll stay over in that same section. Go ahead. Hey, Ed, Mark Weiser, Athens Banner Herald. Uh, did you think you guys had a chance to keep Eric Gilbert as you looked at his options? And what do you see for him at Georgia where they're listing him as a, as a yeah. wide receiver? You know, I w we wish Eric the best. He's an outstanding young man. Uh, his mom is a great lady. I think he's going to be an all-pro tight end, all-American. Has a chance to be a first-round draft choice. Coach, will go over here to the right side along the aisle. Theo Durosa, Commercial Dispatch, Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi State, your first SEC game this year. It's on the road. Obviously, that was a big upset last year. What kind of adjustments are you going to have to make for this game? And what kind of program is Mike running over there in Starkville? Yeah, we'll stop his offense. <laughs> we'll stop it one time. You know, and, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, he came in with the air raid uh, for the first time. You know, we, we had seen it before, obviously. But uh, we didn't do a good job with it. And then, you know, we saw the people did some some good things against us. So, you know, the more stuff you put on tape, the more we would learn how to stop it. Obviously, go and play there. I think Mississippi State does a great job of playing there. The cowbells and all that noise. It's our first SEC game. Uh, it's a game that we must win to get to where we want to go. You, you know, this is the SEC. you got to be ready every Saturday. But you know what? Instead of, you know, and you asked me about that, instead of worrying about all that stuff, my focus is going to be on camp and this football team and getting them better starting August 6th. So we'll go back here to Ron Higgins on the second row. Uh, yeah, Ed, uh, you talked about doing your homework and hiring the new coaches, and you kind of mentioned this on a Zoom call back in the spring. We'll try to get clarification. The coaches you hired in 2020, did you interview all of them? I mean, or part of them? But we'll try to get, we, we weren't clear when you talked about yeah. that. Well, you know what? There were, there were some uh, interviews that were not face-to-face. -face. You know, there were some hires that were made that, hey, you know what, I know the guy, he knows me, let's talk about it, hey, this is what we're going to run, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, when I hired Boy, it was not a formal interview. I know that's probably what you're asking. And I believed in him, and, and it just didn't work. And, then, and uh, I said I'll never do that again. And uh, every one of these guys, I interviewed them in person. I had a long interview with them. I had specific questions that I asked, uh, things that I may have should have asked. I shouldn't have. Uh, if, I'd have hired, if I'd have interviewed Bo Pelini face-to-face, -face, I'd have still hired him. There, was, there would have been no change in that uh, because of his reputation and because of the guy I know. I'm sure of that. Coach, we'll go over here to the right, about the fourth row. Hey, Ed, Adam Luckett, Kentucky Sports Radio. Dare Rosenthal is an offensive tackle. He's going to Kentucky. What type of player is Mark Stoops' program getting? Yeah. And what's it going to be like facing an interconference inter transfer this year? Yeah, well, it's different, obviously. We hated to lose him. Uh, I recruited there out of Faraday High School. The defensive lineman went to the offensive line. Uh, he didn't want to leave. It was hard on him. Uh, I think you got a potential first-round draft choice there. Now, and Dare knows he's got some stuff that he needs to get better at. I'm sure Kentucky's going to see that, but he's a great young man, a great team player. 
No, but he's going to be wearing another helmet, and uh, he's going to be trying his best. Uh, I'm going to expect his best against us, and he's going to get our best. I know he expects that. That's just the way it is. Okay, we're going to go in the middle section about midway back. Got a question right over here. Brooks Capina from The Advocate. Ed, all the, all the changes, coaching and uh, 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 players as well. I mean, how do you maintain um, uh, you know, the program as you want it going towards the, the future, you know, yeah. going off of last year and trying to – I think you talk about LSU standards and such, yeah. but all these things changing. Well, that, that, that program has been set, and that program is set. And uh, the people that are around me have helped me build that program. Uh, I have pillars on my staff that are still there. I have pillars on my support staff that are still there. They understand uh, the program that we put in place uh, since I've been the head coach. And we started from scratch. So there's some some things, that some philosophies that we're going to stay with. Uh, there's some changes that we have to make. But every one of these guys that I interviewed, I specifically told them what I wanted done. And they specifically agreed to that. And I think that those guys have done a good job since they've been hired, and they understand the format, they understand how we're going to practice, they understand what I want, and they've done a good job with it. So I see no problem for us continuing to at the LSU standard performance. Now we got to coach better, and we got to play better. Coach, we'll go back here with Bob in the front row. Hey, Ed, this is a two-part question. Kevin can help you remember the other part if you forget. He's used to me. Okay. But uh, the, the first part is both your new coordinators had a, had a connection to your previous, you know, coordinators. Mm -hmm. How important was that? How that play yeah. into the recruiting process? Now, how far out was that McNeese game schedule? It's kind of odd a coach faces his son, and you know, <laughs> you're going to be in game plans that week trying to figure out how to hit him and force turnovers <laughs> and sack him and whatever. What, what's that going to be like? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, me relying on former coordinators that I trust was very, very instrumental in me hiring both of our coordinators. In fact, that's about 80% of it, to be honest with you. Uh, playing Cody, you know, uh, Cody is a very competitive young man. And uh, playing McNeese State, Frank Wilson is a good friend of mine. Well, Frank is one of the best assistant coaches ever at LSU, great recruiter. And he's family. Uh, They're going to give us their best shot. My son's going to give us, he's going to give me all, all I can get. And guess what? I'm going to give him all I can give him. And that's just the way it's going to be. He's going to expect my best, and I'm going to expect his best, and we're going to compete. We're going to shake hands and hug after the game. That's just the way it's going to be. Coach will go to the back of the room on the right side. Hey, Coach. Kate Adams, WAP TV, Baton Rouge. Um, since your time at LSU coming in as interim head coach in 2016, then fast forward to one of the greatest college football teams ever in 2019, been a crazy year with the pandemic in 2020. Going into 2021, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned, especially in these last three years, that you're going to take into yeah. this year as head coach and then also a message yeah. that you want your team to know this year? Yeah, do it the way I want. That's it. Not, the way, not done the way I want, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it immediately. I see something broke, I'm fixing it. LSU standard of performance, the way we have done things. This Reminds me a lot of the 2018 season. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of noise out there. You got to block out the noise. You know, a lot of predictions on this and this. That stuff don't matter. It's about our football team. It's about me gelling this football team together, for us playing together. I think leadership 
not letting any outside influences affect us the way we play, uh, the way we perform. I think that's going to be important for this football team. We've had more team meals. We've had more leadership committees. I told these guys, you got to promise me if anything is going wrong, let me know first. If I can fix it, I will. Let's communicate that there's something that we need to be done, done better in our university that I can help, I will help. Uh, we're giving them all the means that we can to have an open line of communication, and I think that's going to help for this year. Coach, we'll go over to the right side, about three-quarters of the way back. Hey, Coach, uh, Travis Brown with the Bryan College Station Eagle. How much do you have to pay attention to what other programs around the country and around the conference are doing as far as NLI stuff is, uh, or NIL stuff is, is going and how that might anecdotally help them in recruiting? Is there anything that you've seen yeah. out there that made you kind of roll your eyes? Yeah, one of the, that's a good question. You know, one of the things that we did uh, in the offseason hire, um, Austin Thomas back as our general manager, he's done a tremendous job of putting together a personnel department, putting together a person, a department that pays attention to all that stuff. I don't. I don't have time about it. I don't want to. But if some other schools are doing stuff because it's new and, 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 and it's something that we're not doing, it's something that we can do, we have to use it to compete. We all learn from each other, just like watching film. If a coach in another school is running something on offense, we may steal it from them. They may steal it from us. I think that's going to be the same thing. Coach, we'll go to the back of the room on the left aisle. Hey, Coach, um, there's a view that there are some schools in the SEC that have a competitive advantage and a recruiting advantage over other schools because there's no uniform drug policy in the Southeastern Conference, and some people have spoken out about that. Would you like to see a uniform drug policy in the SEC? Uh, you know, you know that, that's a very delicate subject. Uh, at, at, uh, LSU has its own drug policy uh, that's run by the administration. Uh, I follow that policy. Uh, I don't know if a uniform drug policy would help or not. Uh, I haven't thought of that question or give, to give you a great answer. I know that uh, here some schools are different than others. I don't know that. I just know what our policy is and we follow. Okay, we'll go in the center section on the left aisle. Go ahead. Ivan Mazel with On3.com, Ed. Uh, given the number of super seniors this year and the number of seniors that were able to come back, will the how much will that affect the quality or sophistication of what you see in offenses uh, play LSU this year? It should be great. <laughs> you got some returning guys. COVID helped us. You know, we would have lost our whole offensive line, our whole defensive line. Uh, this it it have been tough to replace all those guys, but. These offenses are on fire right now. And I think what you're seeing is guys are coming back, running the same plays, doing the same thing, skill positions. You know, our skill positions are loaded just like other schools, seven on seven. You know, there's no more fullbacks. So all those things, I think that uh, you're going to see some explosive offenses. Those defensive guys, we got to catch up. We're a little bit behind. All right, Coach O, thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Go Tigers.